Welcome to CISO Diaries. I'm Leah McLean. And I'm Sia Yasutornrat. CISO Diaries is shining a light on the industry's thought leaders and trailblazers. CISOs need people to engage with them. They need folks to take security seriously as a first thought, not an afterthought. They need to value security as a core principle, a moral imperative, an anchor value. And they need people to listen, and they want to be heard. Because after all, they are humans too. This podcast is for everyone, including leaders and those aspiring to leadership in security through CISOs willing to candidly share their personal side, and for us to get to know them apart from their jobs and understand their passions. Join us and have fun getting to know our CISOs. And we would like to thank our sponsor, hosted by Cyber Future Foundation, a think tank and a group of doers who are focused on driving change across cyber peace goals, workforce and talent, cybersecurity education and training, small business cybersecurity, and private and public sector collaboration. And now, let's meet our CISO. Oh, yeah. Bless. So happy to have you here with us today. Hey, thank you for having me, Leah. So, Estee Lauder is where you, you're currently at, and you've been there, what, nearly 14 years? and. Yeah. More recently, as the global head of application security, keep me honest here, but AppSec, it, it is fairly recent addition, I think, for tech careers. And it's a little bit of a mix of the part hacker, developer, researcher. But I do think it can be a little hard to define for that I've seen with others where the job begins and ends. And I know it's in high demand, but you know, it's a little bit of the history that I recall is kind of going back to the 70s and 80s where code security wasn't thought of as big of a risk as much as it is today. I just remember these researchers, Bob Thomas was one of them when he realized you could basically write a computer program that jumped between network nodes and then it was the creeper. I'm the creeper. Catch me if you can. And then the other guy, Rom Tomlinson, he wrote a program that would spread in the same manner as the creeper that erased Catch Me If You Can called the Reaper. So for you, how do you define AppSec and what is your perspective on just the growth in this area and and how it can be lucrative in terms of a career in cybersecurity? Okay, uh, well, that's a loaded question, but let me try to put it together. Now, AppSec is more than just development. I'd like to state that because sometimes you buy software. So those are called COTS, like, you know, commercial off-the-shelf kind of products. So you have to think of, Holistically, let's put it that way. Now, there's another aspect of, and I'm going to put some, you know, background before I get it delve into the details. Today, everything is also getting digitized and moving to the cloud as well. So there's a lot of connectors, if you will, and they are called APIs. So what happens is cloud providers provide some kind of connection where you can connect to. Now, having a, a Thinking it like a hacker, right? You look at all these points of connections or what's important, which, you know, rather trust boundaries, if you will, to look at things. So that's the mindset one has to have. Now, getting to your question of uh, what does it take and, and how it is, I think there's a lot of the hardest part. If you look at things like, you know, you'll hear this very common people, you know, process technology. The hardest part is actually people, because it's convincing people, changing mindsets and awareness and so on and so forth. And I think to to be successful in general, 
you have to have a, a good emotional kind of intelligence rather than the IQ. The IQ is, you know, assumed always as to be the big thing. It's really the emotional part of things, how to connect with people, how empathy, how you deal with people. And then, you know, inculcating that that security mindset of, and it's probably going to come, you, you probably ask it, I, I think you should, but in terms of, you know, you need all kinds in the security business. There's no, it's not like, hey, you only set people up better than others. It's, it's, it's a question of having a curiosity as well as, you know, something to challenge it, if anything, and not accepting, you know, the, the, the standards, if you will, of how, you know, it's almost like a paranoia of being curious about how would he do. So, like, so for example, if you have to open a door, you know, with a key, you, 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 you would sometimes think, hey, what if I use this key on my neighbor's door? You know, it's those little things that how you think if you're told to enter your uh, certain things in a, a certain amount of space while you're typing in, for example, you try something different or try adding more characters, if you will, and see what happens. Or if you're told it should be only these types of characters, if you will. And I'm using this as a computer kind of thing. You know, try something which is not supposed to be there. You know, it's it's those that kind of mindset. And so the other aspect is creating champions, right? So when you have this, if you want to excel and move forward in life, you're better off actually, you know, providing or educating and raising awareness with the people around you so that you can go and do other things. So that's important. It's not like holding things back to yourself so that those people are champions for you. That's a, it's a concept used, you know, security champions, so that they can cascade things further down and to others in the area. And the last part of it is probably, you know, not – like I, I've said that, not excluding others, right? So it's important to have, you know, business people involved, other maybe interns or even the the front desk person, you know, made aware of certain things because you get ideas that you never thought about. You know, we all tend to be myopic and a product of our own environment. It's important to expand that because you get some ideas that you couldn't even think of, you know? Today, everything's connected. So uh, whether it be, you know, to your phones or whatever, you'll get you'll get ideas that you never thought of. Yeah. I could go on, but like, hey. <laughs> well, that was a really meaty question. So, so Les, I'd have to ask you this because, you know, with your, with the creep, the I'm the creeper, catch me if you can. Can I guys ask you a question as an outsider looking in? Do you think with these cool little references to Hollywood and the naming of a lot of these attacks and group hacking groups and whatnot, um, are we buying into this Hollywood um, description of what cybersecurity is? Or do you you think it's helping or hurting the cybersecurity community by embracing some of these like sensationalistic names and titles? That's a difficult question. Uh, Look, it it depends on what kind of a person you are. If you are, if you start believing things or uh, to me, it doesn't bother me one bit. And I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't make a judgment on others. I tend to be to challenge almost. I'm a, I guess I'm an iconoclast to start with and I challenge everything. I'm, I'm very skeptical for a lot of things. So I tend not to, to follow the norm. 
I'm not saying I don't follow the norm, you know, and I'll find, catch myself sometimes wondering, hey, I thought I wouldn't do that, but I did it, you know, so that I, I can't directly answer that because I'm, I think I've never thought of it that way. So, oh, well, I mean, oh, sorry, I was going to say, I think similar to what you mentioned, you know, I too see a lot of myopic mindsets out there. And I personally try not to have one. And so, you know, one thing is not believing everything that we see in the news around these hacks and attacks, because it is sensationalized. And I think it's important, as you mentioned, to, you know, ask around and and go to some of the experts to get the realities versus believing everything that could be overhyped and just having that understanding and curiosity. Absolutely. Sorry, you also wanted to say something. Thank you, Leah, for that. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I was just thinking about it because, like, as I'm listening to you guys, I was just like, you know, you know, I, you think about like sneakers, right? And all those other hacking movies. And there's a, there's a sensationalistic aspect to it where I think can draw and attract people to the world of cybersecurity. But at the same time, I feel like it's because it's been Hollywoodized, Hollywood defied, whatever the word you want to call it, um, where there's a false impression in the greater community or society of what exactly cybersecurity entails, right? Not everybody is a hacker, right? If you're in cybersecurity, yes. not everyone is going to be going you know, on their keyboards and and being able to hack into an alien spaceship, right? And make it shoot guns in another direction. Like that's, that's what I, I'm just kind of curious to see what you're seeing. Like you're interviewing so many people and so many people on your teams. I'm just curious where the newest people are coming from, where, where what their impressions are. So uh, what we do is uh, we, we have these hackathons, by the way, in our company. It's not only our company, everybody has it. Now these hackathons are not really hackathons, as you would think hackers, they are ideation of ideas. You know, you in other words, it's ideation. So you have things develop something. Forget about the security, just to develop ideas. But just to get back to your question, it's very interesting that you say, hey, and, and you touched on something that is important because you, if you get some younger folks who get, you know, caught up with this whole security space kind of thing, you know, and they think about hacking, it sounds sexy and all that stuff. There's much more to that, you know. It's you have to think defensive as well as, you know, offensive. So that's kind of, you know, purple. That's what we call purple today. You know, it's red team, blue team, and it's purple in, where you, you have skills of both. And it's important to have that. That's the, the security aspect. But there's a whole risk aspect. And that's why it's important to understand your business, for example, if you're in a, in a business environment. It's important to understand your business so that you can understand what is critical to even start. Because it doesn't matter if a hacker goes and takes something which is irrelevant anyway. You know, everybody knows it anyway. It's, you know, it's important to understand the business. It's important to understand how you prioritize these things, how, what's important. You know, it's those little things. I think that's, that's a much bigger holistic view of things rather than, you know, getting caught up. You know, right in that sense, the sexy part looks like to be the hacking, you know, wearing the hoods <laughs> and all that stuff. But hey. hey, look at, I mean, look at our branding, right? We went with a hooded, I get it. It's, it is, no, no. it's long in the tooth, but it gets the message across. No, right? no, no, but, but I mean that, by the way, I didn't mean that, you know, then uh, what I'm but, saying is that is the sexy part, yeah. right? It looks, it is very fascinating, especially when you do your first hack and, you know, it's, oh, wow, you know, you got it and all that stuff. But there's much more. There's, you know, 
lock picking and all that stuff. You, you learn to do physical stuff too over time. And that's why I said, you know, having that mindset of being curious as well as par- paranoid, you know, in general, but not to the extreme where, you know, you become, it, it's just painful to hang yeah. around. So, but you started your career as a systems programmer. So how, at what point did you pivot in the security and what led you to that path? Was Okay, it- so, yeah. So I've been in an industry for a long time, okay? Mm-hmm. So at the time, we used to do almost everything. <laughs> you know, if you needed to automate things, you just, you write a script and do something and, so that you could do other things, you know? Uh, and so I was a programmer. I, I was actually sort of pretty hardcore because I never wanted to do what everybody else was doing. So I started, you know, when everyone else was le- learning what we call higher level, including C was considered higher level. I was learning assembly level, you know, trying to learn the zeros and ones to see what things, you know, ticked and, and broke and all that stuff. And I did crash systems. I'm not happy about saying that now, but, you know, and, and I'll pretend ignorance because I figured nobody's going to figure that one out, you know. And not, I did it in error thinking, you know, hey, I'm going to develop this whole system and, and I went into areas where I shouldn't have, you know, in memory and all that stuff. But how how it changed was I was working, integrating and working with, you know, developing stuff. And every time we had to integrate stuff with, with, with the actual systems, it ended up being back and forth and back and forth. So I started, you know, getting into, hey, what are these guys really doing to set up the systems or, or you know, connect and so on. And I said, I said, hey, this looks quite interesting. Maybe I should do that stuff. You know, it's a, so I started, you know, I, I'm a person who gets bored really fast and it's easy to, I, I really get bored. I would want to learn something new, even however different it is. You know, like I was asking you, Shirley, Lee, hey, how you do these stuff, right? I, I'm curious. And right. to me, that'll make my day if I learn even a small percentage of that. So I'm a curious, intellectually always curious about certain things. So I started del- gradually moving into that space. And then I said, oh, this sounds interesting. And I started doing the, the systems kind of, you know, administration kind of stuff and then moved to networking and, you know, got into that whole bandwagon of trying networking and so on and so forth. And then this thing, this opportunity came about, you know, rather lately was, you know, we felt a need in our company to kind of standardize on things. And, you know, it's like I said, it's all these different things. And, you know, our leadership said, hey, you want to take a try and let's see, what do you think about it? I said, I'm I'm interested because, again, I said, there's an aspect that is, it is a challenge within our environment because we are many companies under one umbrella and many brands, many regions, many fifthdoms. So yeah. It's all those little things. So I said, hey, that's an interesting challenge. Let's see how it goes. And then there's the cloud aspect of things and all that stuff. So that's how I started getting back into it. So said, let me take it. And they said, okay. They, you know, they looked at it and they said, hey, you're actually, I started writing things. You know, I tend to write things. And the reason I write things, and at least that's the way I go, is it puts into practice what you're thinking rather than just, you know, it's I, there are many who come before me, for example, right? You learn from these people. Right. Uh, and But at the same time, you need to apply those standards to, to your, your environment. 
Right. No, it's it's interesting you mentioned that because they they say you're using different parts of your brain. So when you actually physically write something down, it's triggering another portion of your brain to stimulate and give you. And for you, with a curious mind that you have, I would imagine it's almost like massive endorphins with the serotonin like shooting off, like activating more excitement in you to do more or learn more or question more. Um, it it just struck me when you said you write things down. Yeah, I, I tend to write. And again, even if, even if I'm writing a book or anything like that, right? I don't know that I'm better than any. I'm just, I'm stating that really it's true, right? So you write, I, I would, I get all these things coming in now, less so than it used to be. It'll be suddenly dreamt. Oh, this is like, it's like an artist to get a whole, you know, area to paint and you don't curtail them to their thinking. I would right. put all these things in. And then massage it and move it around and, and say, hey, yeah, it's interesting. And, all. and, you know, then you try to make people educate. When you write things down also, you know, you're educating yourself and you yeah. can try to explain other to others and hopefully make it simple, right? Sometimes, like, you know, when you're really technical or sometimes, you know, when you're, I, it doesn't mean I'm all that technical. I can tell you that. Uh, when you're, when you're really technical, you, when you put things in, in words, it makes it, People will challenge you. Hey, what do you mean by this thing? You know, right. so that tells you that you you know you have to have better skills at writing. And you know, as you mature, you learn that. You, hey, you need to have not just have an idea and be stuck under a table. You need to you know communicate well and, yeah. and stuff like that. So those are those you know things that trigger. Hey, this is a nice thing. It's it's nice to know and all that stuff. Hey, Leah, we're slacking. We're slacking, girl. We haven't written anything yet. Oh, I write all the time. It's part of my job, unfortunately, but policy writing. Yeah. Um, so, okay. You know, you mentioned you get bored <laughs> and I, so I want to touch on, you were born in Africa, but then you've lived in other places and also you speak four languages. Was that part of you were bored of certain places or curiosity or did other things take you there? It's fascinating. Though. Okay, first of all, uh, let me just say this: I'm not good at all languages. Okay, I, I just, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'm, uh, you know, I, I think I'm. I tend to be just practical enough enough to to know to you know to this the street talk, if you will, and, and get along to to make things happen, and that's my my road to that language aspect, right? In terms of yeah, curiosity. Yes, it used to be actually most of much much much. Many years ago, I used to just go. I never, I would, I didn't have any inhibitions. And probably that scared my parents a lot because I would do things with their least. They, my, I remember my mom would go, please don't say this or don't, don't do this. They would think like I would know somebody when I go to this other obscure place and all that stuff. But I didn't, I would just go and try to, you know live with the people and, you know, enjoy the culture for what it, so when you ask me, if you ever ask me which place is better or, or, or worse, I don't know that any is better because you don't judge. Each place has its own beauty. And, and I try to understand that specific culture at that point in time, because it might be a very simple thing. It's just, you know, the beauty of nature or the beauty of, you know, their beliefs and so on and so forth. So, so it's that curiosity. Yeah, I don't know that I'm any different than everybody else because, you know, whereas I did these things, other people were doing other things and they learned other things that I'm um, ignorant about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but 
I'm, I, I get what you're saying, though, but that there is something to be said of living, being immersed into another community where there's different value sets and where the society itself is. I mean, come on, between India, Brazil, Germany, Qatar, Canada, could you get more broader, more different, more? I mean, just the areas that you're touching in has to pique curiosity because what's curious in one culture may not be necessarily interesting in another, but yet you've got that, that, that depth and breadth across the way. Do you find, sorry, sorry. Well, well, do you find that um, has helped you in your career path as you've developed your skill sets to communicate effectively, to work with your teams effectively, to, to communicate to executives effectively? Are you, Uh Leverage well, I hope so. Hire team to hire people from different cultures and backgrounds because you've been exposed to it as well. Oh, okay. Uh, I by the way, in our environment, we have a lot of people from global kind of environments, right? So the way I I was going to delve in. I don't know if I said that before. You know, emotional intelligence is important. Understanding. To, yeah. I think I'm always. I'm almost aware of different cultures. It does help me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hope it, it helps others. I'm, I'm a, I tend to be a very straight shooter. Maybe that's this part of, you might say it's more New Yorker, but it's also, I'm very cognizant of cultures. You know, each culture has its own advantages. And it's I, not, I don't say advantages, it's own, it was, you know, that environment. Uh, I'm actually always fascinated by cultures. I can tell you if I did nothing else, I would love to just travel and love and, you know, do understand people. And I enjoy people. Let's put it that way. People, person, I hope. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, back to the emotional intelligence and, you know, along with those lines, soft skills in people, yeah. right? I think that's hugely important um, to have in cybersecurity. But when you look at, embracing people and talent to come in, you know, do you think we need to do a better job embracing those people with soft skills? And, you know, cause they're, they're, they're communicating with not just within the cybersecurity teams, they are communicating more broadly in the company with partners, customers, you know, external. And, you know, it's one thing with all the certifications, I know you have like 14 plus, so I want to get to that at some point too, but the soft skills piece, I think that's really critical. Oh, it's absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And that's why I even think like, you know, I don't think any of us is better than the other in general. We're all born with that same gray matter, right? And, you know, you'll each of us will have different ideas. And I've always told this to folks, in fact, even studying and all that stuff, right? Studying is actually, to me, a discipline, you know, having the discipline and taking the time, if you do it the right way, Right. Take even we all went to college and did whatever we had to do. It's taking the time to learn. You know, if you ask me things that I did in math many, many years ago, I might have forgotten, but it was that discipline that inculcated a certain thing, a structure. But now in terms of people, I always think that, you know, I they say, oh, you, how did you learn these things? And I say, you know what, everything. And that's the way I think anyway. Uh, you know, it's very difficult when you don't know it. And once you figure it out, you say, oh, shit, you know what? It is so basic. And right. and then you go move on to other things. And, you know, and all of us do the same thing, right? I asked, you know, both of you doing different things. And I said, hey, how do you do this thing? You know, for you, it's, you know, it's second nature. You don't even think about it. For me, 
it'll be like, you know, something new and, you know, a curious thing. I'll probably get it a kick out of it. But, you know, it's those kind of little things. I think all of us are born with, have those skills. And yeah, cultural, yes. And I think we have to do a better job, especially us here, speaking here in the U.S. We have to understand different cultures. Otherwise, you know, we come with these blanket things, of, you know, outsiders, insiders, and all. Which really, hey, you know, it takes all kinds. And if you don't think about those cultures, you you first of all you lose that empathy, and yeah. you know, people will stop listening, That's- or they'll make those judgments, right? So those are important. I think it's so important. Not only that, but it's also how people think, you know, mm-hmm. like if you talk about the real, far, the Far East, right? It's that respect of elders and, you know, Confucianism and all that stuff. You know, that's why there's, you know, it's harder to, to make changes without getting, you know, the higher ups. Well, here we tend to, you know, we are a newer society generally in the world. We'll, you know, we'll, you know, we'll talk to our boss just like how we talk to anyone else in general. It's not like sir and all that jazz. And, you know, there's little quirks here and there, but um, I could go on and on on this kind of topics. But Well, yeah, no, but I, I, I hear what you're saying on that. So let me ask you, Les, because, you know, embracing diversity, you know, I know that's a big hot button and word and whatnot, but there is something to be said of having a good EQ, right? To yeah. be able to inherently... Uh, even if you're not well-traveled. Okay. Let's just say there's a lot of folks that I know that are born in Texas, for example, and they have never left Texas, but because they do have a higher EQ, they do have that empathy to, to listen, to embrace other opinions, et cetera. Can I ask you this? This is going to be, um, this is going to be a, a controversial question because I feel like we're being very too nice in this conversation thus so far. So I'm going to say something. Are you guys ready for this? I'm usually controversial. I think we can take anything with given our jobs. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Les, you are a consummate learner. You're like the Renaissance man of all things that I've seen so far. I mean, not just in cybersecurity. You've got basically any certificate that's available out there. You went ahead and said, I'm going to be learning it. I'm going to challenge myself and, you know, accomplish this and, 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 and actually embrace whatever that that certification, you know, you can back up the certification. Can I ask you this? There are those that came up in the security world who aren't, quote, educated. They don't have the degrees, but they have 20 odd years of experience. Does this lessen as far as the qualifications of a a potential person to you? Or is this something that you'd say, hey, I'd like to learn more about them? What are your thoughts about that? Because I kind of see both sides and I'm curious to see, and Leah, I know you've got your opinion as well, to see what you guys think of this. Does yeah, does the search well, really I'm, matter? I'm curious also why you pursued so many and if it was out of curiosity or other, because I'm, I'm telling you, I'm feeling behind. I'm just starting my CISSP. So I feel very behind and that'll be my first one. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I don't judge, to be honest. And I've kind of said that before because it and doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter what your background is. You could be, you know, I think music people, are, you know, artistic people are fantastic. They'll be fantastic because of the creative minds. Will be fantastic security people or, you know, programmers and so on and so forth. So I, I, I don't judge that. I have it from my perspective why I did that. For me, it was, it's the curiosity and challenging myself to, to say, hey, you know, someone's saying this is like, you have to do this and blah, blah, blah. So I said, okay, let me just read about it. And then 
to to validate that I learned it, I would do it. It's, I don't think it's any better or worse and, and you know, and stuff like that. Because like CIS speeds, like, you know, it's broad, but you know, the depth is about that much, but at least it gives you an awareness of what needs to be done. That's an exact, I'm using that as an example, right? So. Okay. Cause I think that's if my I, perspective. Cause if, if I was, if I was a candidate and there was a, a position and I say, Oh, look at the leadership, look at less. The man is like, you know, you couldn't even list all your certs behind your name. Otherwise it'd just be a paragraph and your signature would be like this long. Right. So like, I can see where maybe the perception would be, Oh, Les has got all the certs. He's all about certs. Right. Is that something where you did it because of your own personal, but do you think it hurts? I mean, do you think it might yeah, hurt yeah, it could, I don't know that it would. And I don't know that I, I would judge that way. Right now. What? Yeah, maybe people would judge me that way, right? So I'm, I, if you're asking me personally, does it, uh, would I judge someone else that they don't have sets? No, not at all. Like I said, I would take a music teacher, you know, a right. music person, or not teacher. I, it could be a music, you know, person. Actually, I have a, you know, I love the arts, whatever, because I know so little about it. But so, you know, and I, I always think it's a creative mind or, you know, Something, somebody who can think outside the box, you know, what we as what we think as, you know, security folks means nothing, you know, it's like just thinking different, you know, challenging the thinking. I said being curious and always kind of paranoid to a point, right? Right, right, right. It, it's funny that you remind me of Brian Cox, the physicist. Like he's like the most well known. He was in an 80s band, right? Musician trained, classically trained. And now he's like one of the, you know, one of the more outspoken uh, leaders in physics, right? So, yeah, and no one would have taken him seriously, right? In yeah. the beginning, you know, the to see all your certs, right? It, there is a lot of actually the candidates who are great talent trying to just get their foot in the door to be in the cybersecurity market and or in the industry. And I think some of that that well, they do. They've to, um, told me that they see it as intimidating when they see certain people at the companies have so many certs because then they feel like they will not get the job and probably shouldn't even apply. Right. So there's that. And I know you mentioned um, how you view people and that you don't hold the judgment, but, you know, to make them not even fear and at least try um, beyond the certs work-life balance, you know, you, I think you do have it. You, You've shared with us uh, many of the hobbies that you partake in. Um, would love to just hear more of that from you. And I think it helps others who are trying to apply and, and the candidates to not be so fearful or feel discouraged about giving up when they can really understand too that there is that there's more to life and and make it more make it so that you're more approachable to them or you know leaders in general because they they do they get discouraged and they have a hard time reaching out if they feel that they can't relate okay so oh thank you for the question okay so first of all i want to just lay down uh, as a company the company i work for estee lauder uh, i don't know that anyone uh, we are open to a lot of diverse and i mean that's seriously right uh, like i i spoke to you about you know we encourage diverse cultures you know different genders uh, women have have you know, we have more women leaders than the men in our company. Uh, now, yeah, having a, a balance is important. 
I never used to do that as much. And, you know, I'm, I, like I said, I crave for, but for me, it's like more of this, you know, the rush kind of thing. So I like things like fast, going fast or something really scary to a point kind of thing. So I try to balance it, you know, that way. Well, don't you drive fast cars? <laughs> yeah, I, I like fast cars. I like, uh, you know, being in the air and uh-huh. coming down. And I like good pictures, you know, you know, being away from everything else and just letting loose, if you will. You know what I, I find so fascinating about you, Les? And maybe it's just because I'm impressed by you. So, yeah, I am schmoozing like crazy right now, Les. But seriously. <laughs> Um, unabashed moosing, but no, I'm so impressed by the fact that you, uh, before we, we talked, we prepped, we had a prep call and you said, I'm taking off for a vacation for a week. It'll be an in home vacation, but I just need some time off Stay- and then a staycation. And then when we talked to you again earlier today, you said, yeah, I end up having to work a little bit through it, but yet you still have this positivity. How are you finding Cause I could see where if I was doing a staycation, cause I said, I need to turn it off, but then you were still needed. How do you keep your mind? Ha- I don't say happy. Cause I think that's such a misnomer, but how do you have such a, you seem to have a good balance of understanding of where you need to be. And then unfortunately, you know, shit happens. Or you see, yeah. it, so, I guess along those lines, you, you definitely come up, have a very much present state of mind. Yeah. And it is important, right, to have a press. But there's also another aspect, right? Uh, the environment that I am in is, you know, our leadership and all that stuff, we all, you know, back each other up. So that's why you need to, uh, you know, it's like anything else. You, it depends on your environment. If you're in a comfortable environment where you can speak and think your mind as against being worried about, hey, what's somebody going to say? We have that. Okay, mm. so I can speak to that, and and it's changed over time. It's not nothing's perfect. I don't want to make it sound like everything's perfect, right? But but it's having that that environment where you can you know have a, a platform by which you can challenge the norm. And to me, that's most important, right? To like I said, that having that curious mind and not being afraid to you know speak your your mind if you if you feel strongly about it, whatever it is, it could be in the field, or it could be something about society and culture and whatever, you know, yeah. and, you know, we have folks that way. So. But what does Les do when you're not working and you have that time to go explore? Oh, recently I've been, you know, hanging out with some, you know, very interesting people in the arts kind of, and I'm learning new things, <laughs> you know, how they do things and, you know, you know, the, like I said, I I really believe artists and all they they think really differently, and you know, it's it's fascinating. I'm telling you. So they recently, I've been talking to this artist and you know, getting some very interesting ideas. Like you know, I said, "Wow, this sounds so crazy." And you know, they think that we guys are doing something crazy, and and here I'm thinking, "Hey, this is so fascinating." The way you guys think. So, like to me, it's like I said, I'm always curious. So, just speaking for myself. So, yeah, no, I mean, if I were to think of you right now, thematically speaking, you you are just try, right? Like whatever it is you're doing in life, just try it. Uh, be open to it. And uh, I just love the fact that you're just like where the wind blows. I'm going to go there and I'm going to have some fun with it. I just you have this innate 
funness about you. Was that always in you or did you cultivate that over years? I don't, I really, I look, you're saying that, right? I'm not even thinking of it because I was always that way, I think. I, I scared my grandparents and all those things because I would do things that they least expected, you know. But at the same time, certain things matter to me, you know, equality and all those, you know, egalitarian kind of exactness. I was a, a more extreme in my thinking and not so much, much younger. But, yeah, you know, but I'm always curious. So, you know, I've always been that way, I think. I, I don't know. Somebody else may be able to tell you know, maybe my my siblings and all that would be say because we all you know have our own things going on. Well, don't challenge us, Les, because I just might maybe find and stalk them, and next thing you know, you're on a panel with your siblings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll find some fascinating things. Yeah. But okay, Les, before we part, I know too that you're also on the review board for a book um, for software security. Uh, I think it's the Purple Book, is what it's called. It's about to launch. Uh, what what drove you to be interested in you know being on that review board and and okay uh, this is yeah it's kind of loaded but, but you know I was invited there by the way so but and I and you know it's like I get invited for a lot of things so I was just curious I said what about this what is this all about so first of all the color purple I I think I spoke to you about red the purple too anyway, so that's purple right. And it was the people, you know, and the thinking that was there. And we wanted to, we're calling it a purple book, but it's probably a, a, I I don't want to speak on behalf of everyone else, but I think the idea, the the collective idea is, and uh, Nick put it best, right? He said, you know, like, or Nick or Shannon put it best. And you know, you know, these names is that who's who in the environment, in the the world, but, uh, you know, Let's think about 20 years from now, you know, we put some ideas and you're still, it's still, you know, it's a book with all tapping and all that stuff. You're still opening. Of course, the concept of book is not digital, but, you know, that idea. It's it's the kind of open thinking that we've had. So what happens is we meet once or twice a week and we share ideas. The book is a book, but then there's other concepts that we plan on, you know, sharing and evangelizing and it's it's more about you know creating this democratizing kind of the whole concept of software security and and so on and so forth just making it open and open standard of thinking and hopefully there'll be ideas born out of there no that's awesome i I think just being part of those things again it's more the learning and evolving of ourselves and I do want to give a quick shout out on the book to Armor Code. So yes, it was. I was going to say that I realized that I love it's Armor Code who started it, and Nickel and and his team and all that started it. And then you have a whole bunch of folks and more being added. And now it's probably going to be by invite only and so on and so forth. But it is there for. They'll be inviting us next, Leah. Don't you worry. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me. By the way, thanks for having me and. It's a pleasure. You guys are easy to work with. So thank you for that. Aww. You're you're just so fun and full of energy and uh, very worldly. It, it's yeah, it's been great getting to know you more. For those that want to learn more about you and how awesome you are and they're thinking, man, I, I want to uh, learn, maybe work for this guy at some point. How can they get a hold of you? Maybe LinkedIn, perhaps okay. LinkedIn. Yeah. Are you a Twitterer? Are you a social media poster? 
You know, it's so funny. And this is one of the, I might change. You mm-hmm. know, this is so funny. I, I, you know, when this whole concept of networking and all that stuff started, right? Mm-hmm. I was anti because I was thinking about being paranoid about yeah. privacy and all that stuff. Yep. And I said, I will never do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I created a Facebook and I removed it. Uh, and my space. <laughs> no, I'm just telling you. And the funny thing is I got elected. And I followed the other day, actually about a year ago, I was thinking, you know, I said, I did all this crap and, and I'm part of LinkedIn, which has already opened me up. Because to, this is really, you know, the concept of being private is no more private. It's all, it's, there are, you know, tools. If you ever did, there are plugins, if you take collusion kind of thing, you'll see that every place you go, you know, you're being tracked. And right. that's why sometimes you do something, you didn't, you'll suddenly find that whole thing being, yeah, it's all being, yeah, it's, you're being sucked into everything. Yeah. Yeah. But I, that same concept is used all over, right? So, and it, because you've got that, I can talk at length about this whole other, that's a topic by itself. Well, we need a part two then. <laughs> it sounds like yeah. Les is inviting himself back, Leah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that, I, no, we do. We need a part two. There's always so much to cover. but Yeah, there's areas of within the field, right? Uh, yeah. Interesting. No, absolutely. Yeah, but that, yeah. I remember what you said, think and Leah. I I grew up exactly that way, you know? Yeah. Even, even if we had even my mom uh, who... If she cooks something, the guests would eat first more than us, you know. Yes. Yeah. And you'd be be, or you know, if I messed up, my neighbor could give me a slap and you. Yeah. yeah. And my dad would say, "Yeah, yeah, that's okay." Now, like you know, child abuse. I bet yeah, the, I know. the stuff that we went through, it'll be like you know, it's like everybody knew their neighbors. Everybody, you know. Yeah. You know, we'd be all mixing up, and in, the funny thing is, I'm going to tell you this truth: we are all. The people I grew up with, you know, in Africa, I still am in contact. They're in different parts of the world, but we still connect with each other. And so so are my cousins and all that stuff. But we are so connected. We don't meet regularly, but, you know, we say, oh, so-and-so is doing this and that. And they have kids and so on and so forth. But, but- but there is there is something to be said to be raised by a community. And I think that's why I think cybersecurity community, there is so much strength in it is because there is a bit of camaraderie of, I don't know if it's mutual PTSD kind of experiences together, but 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 when you are slapped, spanked, or scolded by a neighbor or a family friend, I think it's a bigger impact than your parents because then you're realizing you're being it's okay to be naughty with your parents because you live with them 24 seven, but yeah. when you're being, when someone's calling you love, out. Right? Yeah. That's the unconditional love. You know, you can be probably as bad as you want and you're still going to be accepting, but when someone else outside does it, that's where it's the light goes on. It's like, maybe I should check myself now. Yeah. I mean, so that's the way. And I, I actually feel that difference, right? Uh, I grew up so differently now. It's like everything is politically, uh, politically correct. You have to say this. And, you know, I'm thinking, hey, you know, I remember the little kids, you'd say, hello, chubby. You know? Now, hey, they'll say, hey, who's this person? Right. You know, stranger. Yeah, you know, like somebody going to kidnap oh, or yeah. something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, with my own nieces and nephews. I mean, I say, you know, Auntie Leah, Leah's your aunt. And they're like, oh. Like, thank goodness my family, they've conditioned them to just be like, oh, okay, that okay, Aunt Leah, you know. 
Does that mean you're going to give us money, Aunt Leah? Because we'll we'll definitely embrace you after that, you know. Um, but it is like I said, like that's a very different thing. I think with cultures, right? Like I think yeah. uh, the way I grew up, you know, everyone is a family member because you will get tattled on, you will get scolded, and I think again. I think that kind of uh, environment, if that's something that you at SSA Lot are very similar or you personally cultivate, I think there's so much strength in that too. So yeah, it is. And but I think it's more to do, right? And Leah, you mentioned it also. It I don't know that it's any different even here, per mm-hmm. se, in the US. It's like we've changed now. You know, yeah. it's become so, we've become so isolated, we are so individualistic and mm-hmm. all that, you know, community thing is like kind of dead. Well, you know, and when we say it, it sounds like, oh, you're being controversial. It's like it's normal. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's where it's, you know, I just hope we can get back to it where in the areas that have been missed with the community, right, or where it drifted away. Because back to how do you build community? You build trust with people, relationships, personal relationships, psychologically, we're all humans, have that personal connection, not just all the work stuff right that piece is so important and there i mean yeah and the bigger the company sometimes i mean you know if i'm engaged with the company super big it's surprising to me when i can say i talk to more of your colleagues and you all talk to each other and though the question like they'll defer to me and ask a question that i know the answer to i'm like i don't even work there (laughs) you (laughs) all start talking together right (laughs) but yeah it's just we need yeah but both of you have a good you know, wave of people. I, I'm just saying this, okay? Oh, that's it's the most comfortable I, I felt yeah. in the world. Because otherwise, sometimes you know people are setting you up, and then you just mm-hmm. go on, you know. Yeah. And again, that's my job. I'm good about like you know building up egos and you know pushing that you know inflation yeah. in your head. <laughs> building up egos. <laughs> That's my sales background. I can't help it, Les. So, you know what, Les, I want to be respectful for time. And you have been so amazing. So it sounds like to me, part two is going to have to come down the pipe soon. Part two. Um, when, whenever you okay. get a free moment in the calendar, we'd love to have you back. Maybe talk about something else. Um, yeah. So, Leah, uh, do we have anything else we want to say? I just want to thank you again for your time and just your your candidness. Because that. That's it. that says it all. Thank you for your candor and just being real, being you. Yeah, thank you both. And it's a pleasure, Shia and Leah. It's a rhyme. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. And that wraps it up, you guys. I think this is a pretty fun conversation. So Les Correa, uh, he is the uh oh, I forgot your global head head. application security at Estee Lauder. And you can find him on LinkedIn. I don't think that title is long enough, Les, by the way. And then don't, and if you're going to stalk him, you may have to go through me and Leah first just because we're just putting him out there. But uh, on that note, guys, let's wrap it up for another episode of the CISO Diaries. Until next time.